0: chapter number two first Timothy chapter 2 and I know you won't do this but don't get used to short services can we get an amen right there and uh, but it sure is good to be here this morning and we're thankful that you're here and uh, I'll say this about the church I was telling somebody on yesterday uh, even with all the sickness I appreciate the faithfulness of our people and uh, just coming and being in the revival meeting and then again to many that were not physically able to come uh, I know they came as much as they could, and they prayed for the meeting. And it's good to be in a church where people want to go to church, isn't that right? And uh, we don't come to get out; we come to get in. Amen. And uh, I want to preach this morning from First Timothy chapter number two. And if you'll look with us in verse number one, we'll read this passage of scripture and pray, and then you can be seated. The Bible said, "I exhort therefore that first of all supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority." That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due times, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, and doubting, Father, Lord, we do thank you this morning for the privilege to be in the house of God. Thank you for the word of God and the people of God. And I pray now that you'll bless us with our presence. I pray as we've already felt your presence this morning. I pray that you'll touch the preaching of the word of God. Minister to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to receive with meekness the engrafted word. And may you be exalted. Save that sinner that's nearest hell this morning. Reclaim the backslid and do what we cannot do for ourselves. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach this morning on what never fails. What never fails. You know, if I could tell you something this morning that you could do, something that I could do and make you a promise, not on my word but on the word of God, if I could promise you that there's something that you could do and I could do that would never fail. I'm talking about 100% of the time. The big question is, would we do it? Amen? And the truth of the text this morning is that prayer never fails. Amen. And when we think about it this morning in this text uh, uh, Paul is beginning to uh, speak to Timothy. He lays out some things in chapter number 1. He gives a greeting in verses 1 and 2. He talks about verse number 3 down to verse number 11 uh, that they're to teach no other doctrine. And then he talks about God's mercy toward Paul in verse number 12 uh, throughout the rest of the chapter there. And then he comes to chapter number 2 here and when he comes to chapter 2 Paul here is going to talk about prayer. I want you to think about that this morning. I know it's a familiar subject but let's not let the familiarity of what we do know about prayer uh, hinder us and keep us from what we do not know about prayer this morning. And when Paul opens this chapter here as he's going to speak on this subject he's going to mention it in verse number 1 and then he's going to mention it in verse number 8 so our opens uh, and it begins uh, with a subject of prayer this morning the what will what? We'll never fail the one thing that will never fail this morning uh, my friend Paul is going to talk about the truth about prayer in verse number one notice that little phrase there he said I exhort therefore that first of all notice those two phrases there I exhort therefore that first of all uh, Paul is going to tell us that prayer is fundamental as he says I exhort therefore for. Amen. Uh, Paul's going to give an encouragement, an exhortation to the church. uh, And what's he going to do? He's going to take them back to the fundamentals of the faith. Uh, I'm telling you friend when you think about the fundamentals of faith uh, you have to think about prayer. You have to think about the word of God. Uh, And Paul said if I'm going to encourage you uh, I'm going to exhort you about a subject uh, that is a fundamental of our Christian faith. Amen. I'm telling you our faith began with prayer. uh, And my friend faith uh, and prayer is what's going carry us all through the days of our life Uh, and so Paul says it is to be fundamental and then he says it is to be first Uh, I exhort you therefore first of all amen in other words Paul said if I'm going to give you a word of encouragement if I'm going to give you a word of encouragement or a word of exhortation he said the truth is uh, is prayer is fundamental and prayer ought to be first amen I'm telling you ought to be the first part of our day it ought to be the first part of our week Uh, it ought to be the first part of our Uh, I'm telling you, ought to be the first part of our fellowship with God. Uh, It ought to be prayer and then the word of God. Uh, We ought to talk to God in prayer and then let God speak to us through his word. Amen. And so Paul gives us the truth about prayer. And I think prayer ought to be first uh, in the life of every Christian. Amen. I'm talking about what never fails this morning. I ask you the same question that I would ask myself. Did I pray this morning? Did I spend time in prayer? Did I pray for the service? Did I pray for myself? Did I pray for others this morning? We're talking about the fundamental of our faith. And Paul lays out the truth of the text that what I'm going to deal with is fundamental. And it ought to be first in all of our life. Prayer should not be a last resort. It shouldn't be the attitude that, well, we've done everything else. We might as well pray now. Prayer ought to be the first resort. Prayer ought to be the resource when we have other resources. It it ought to be the avenue that we go to when there is other avenues. Uh, uh, Prayer ought to be at the the top of our list. Uh, The truth of the text, the truth about prayer is that it is to be first. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, there's other things that Paul is going to talk about throughout this book here. But he says, I want to talk to you about the fundamental of our faith and encourage you, and that's in the avenue of prayer this morning and then Paul talks about the types of prayer notice what he says in verse number one he said I exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men Paul lists four types of prayers this morning And when we think about prayer, God uh, gives us different types of prayer. Uh, There is the petitioning prayer. As he says here, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications. Amen. Uh, That's petitioning. That is a specific request. Uh, uh, Paul says that when you pray, our prayer ought to be specific. Amen. We ought to be asking God this morning for some specific things. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, When we come to God in prayer, we understand that there is communion and there is fellowship, uh, and then there are those requests uh, that we do not know the will of God about. But there ought to be some specific things. There ought to be some supplications uh, uh, that we pray for our church, uh, supplications that we pray for our family, for our home, uh, uh, for our country. This morning uh, I'm asking you and I'm asking me the question uh, when it comes to the type of prayers that we pray, do we have supplications in our prayers this morning? Do you pray specifically about things? Well, Brother Gravely, I, I'm praying about my job. Yeah, that's wonderful. Do you pray specifically about that job? I'm praying for my family. Do you pray specifically? for your family. That's what supplications is. I'm praying for the church. Do you pray specifically for the church? Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, in all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believe in, you shall receive. Amen? I'm talking about specific prayers. If you go to John chapter 17, our Lord prayed specific prayers. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. And then when he closed that high priestly prayer out in John 17, he prayed for the whole world. Amen? He prayed for you and he prayed for me uh, he ever liveth to make intercession what for us amen uh, there's some, some supplications in his prayer and they ought to be supplications in our prayers this morning him I pray the types of prayer petitioning prayers uh, notice uh, the personalizing of prayers uh, as he said the uh, supplication and prayers amen What is that? That, That's fellowship. That's that's communion. That's personalizing my prayer life. uh, uh, That's making it real. It's not just a list. Uh, As we mentioned, there ought to be specific needs and there ought to be specific things. But I'm glad that prayer this morning uh, is more than just asking God for things. uh, But it is fellowship. uh, It is communion. uh, There's a relationship in prayer. Uh, I think when we come to God in prayer, we ought to have those types of prayers. Amen. Uh, uh, prayers like Lord I love you and I thank you for loving me Uh, uh, prayers like Lord thank you for being good to me amen Uh, they ought to be fellowship where we acknowledge him Uh, and Lord I'm coming this morning uh, but I just want to come I'm not asking for anything right now there's no supplication in this prayer but I just want to tell you that you're wonderful I just want to tell you that you're holy I want to just tell you that you're righteous Uh, I just want to tell you that you're true Uh, you say what is that prayer prayer for him uh, uh, that's personalizing that's just getting down to where he is uh, I just want to tell you the best thing that ever happened to me uh, I just want to tell you this morning uh, uh, that if it wasn't for you uh, and it not been for the Lord uh, who was on our side uh, I'm talking about prayer uh, has got to be personal in our life Amen. prayer is boring if all it is is treating God as a Santa Claus with a wish list It has to be on a personal level. It has to be communion. It has to be fellowship. Paul said, I exhort you therefore that supplications and and prayers. Amen. Sometimes we don't ask for anything but we just come to Him. You know, if my children who I would give them and my wife, we would give them anything that they needed. But if the only time they ever spoke to us was when they wanted something, The relationship would not be what it is supposed to be. But I'll tell you, them girls growing up, they know how to work a dad, don't they? Down on the arm of that chair, I can remember that, and they would put their arm around me and uh, they would say, you know, uh, you're, you're the greatest dad in the whole wide world. You say, well, they're buttering you up. I know they are, but I wanted to, I mean, go ahead and lather me up real good is what I'd say. I mean, you they'd say, "Dad, you—you, you. Well, I love you, Dad." I mean, and, and I know they meant it. I knew there's coming to fixing. There's going to be a request coming eventually, Amen. Uh, but I tell you, I was enjoying the fellowship. I was enjoying the communion. Uh, and sometimes we just talk about things. Uh, I'm telling you, that's the way it is. Uh, you know, you can tell God anything. Uh, it ain't always just asking. Uh, but sometimes it's just bearing your heart. Uh, sometimes you're just saying, "God, I feel this way." Uh, and Lord, I know I. I, know I shouldn't feel this way but I just want to tell you you know you can tell God anything and no he won't tell nobody else uh, you can trust him this morning uh, you say what is that that's those prayers amen uh, it's those secret prayers uh, it's those silent prayers uh, and sometimes words never come out uh, but God sees the tears uh, that fall from your, uh, from your cheek uh, and they fall on your pillow uh, Spurgeon said "Their liquid prayers uh, he knows every teardrop that's ever fallen he sees he sees every burden. He sees every need. He can read the heart. The devil may not know what's going on, but their prayers this morning, Amen. All types of prayers, personalizing our prayer life. There is the petitioning, and then there's the pleading. Notice what he said: intercession. That's when we come to somebody, come to God on behalf of a certain individual you know this morning my wife and i was praying for a certain family in a church pastor that we know a family in his church had a had a tragedy a tra- great tragedy yesterday and uh, I don't know the family in particular I've seen them in uh, meetings that we've been up in that state where they're at uh, they're very faithful to come to different meetings their pastor has been to those meetings uh, but I don't personally know that family but when we heard the tragic news uh, of what they were going through it just, it just seemed like God put a burden on our heart not that we're anything special or that our prayers mean anything but what I'm saying to you is we don't really know them on a personal level I feel Felt the need, and she felt the need to petition God on their behalf. Because I thought about if that was me, if that was her, if our family was going through what they were going through. I just thought I'd want somebody, everybody I could, to be going to God on my behalf. And we prayed this morning. God, give them grace. Lord, give them strength. I don't know how they're going to face what they're facing without you. But God, would you say what is that? That's intercession. They may never know about, it and they don't need to know about it this morning Uh, but there's a God in heaven uh, that knows about it all Uh, and thank God he hears my prayer and he hears your prayer and I'm glad we can pray one for another you know there's people praying for you right now that you don't even know is praying for you and for me and there's people praying for us right now that we'll probably never meet in this walk of life but they pray for us and we'll see them on the other side intercessions and, and you say well brother grantley I- I'm not sure if anybody's praying for me right now I can tell you one person is praying for you right now The Bible said he ever liveth as I mentioned a while ago to make intercession for you. When you get to the end of the day you may not know for sure who has and who hasn't prayed for you but there is a high priest, there is a savior that lives every moment of his life at the right hand of the throne of God in eternity and what he is doing is he is praying for me and he is praying for you. Uh, I'll tell you you can trust the prayers of Jesus Christ Uh, his prayers are always answered amen Uh, and he intercedes for us and we ought to intercede on the behalf of others amen who are you praying for this morning who am I praying for this morning is it a son is it a daughter is it a spouse is it a backslider this morning is it some sinner that needs to be saved do you and I realize this morning that some people will never get born again if we don't pray for them you may have to pray a lifetime To see some people saved But wouldn't it be worth calling their name out Throughout our life To see them miss the flames of hell Think about one great preacher I read about That prayed 53 years For his brothers to be saved And when he died neither one of them was saved But at his funeral One got saved at the head of the casket And the other one got saved at the foot of the casket Those prayers will live on Amen Praying, interceding, never give up on somebody. You say, But the harder I pray, the worse and the more wicked they live. It may be your prayers driving them to the hog pen of sin that'll make them come to themselves and realize that they need to get right with God. And sometimes things have got to get real bad before they can ever get real good. But you just keep on praying. I don't care how far out in sin they go, don't you give up. I'm telling you, there's more power in prayer than there is anything else. Keep on interceding. Even when the devil says it's no good, there's no use. You know why he tells you that? Because he fears. When a child of God intercedes on the behalf of someone else, he knows that prayer will get the job done. Amen. It's the one thing that never fails. And he talks about the types of prayers. He talks about the pleading this morning. And then he talks about the praising. Notice what he said, and giving of thanks. You know how our prayers ought to end with thanksgiving. We ought to thank him for what he has done, for what he is doing, and for what he will do. We ought to thank him for all the prayers that he's answered in the past. Prayers that I do not remember. Prayers that were of little faith. Prayers that he answered above and beyond what I could ever ask or that I could ever think this morning, the power of prayer. We ought to thank him for that he is a prayer-answering God. We ought to thank him this morning uh, in our prayer life for the shoes on our feet and the clothes on our back and the roof that is over our head. Uh, it helps us to count our blessings. Uh, I know there's more to life than just the monetary things, but we ought to thank him for the house that we live in and the freedom that we have enjoy. We ought to thank him for a good church to go to and that we have a King James Bible and that we know the truth. We ought to thank him that we're still in the old time way and we had not went some contemporary route where there's no power and there's no touch and it's all flesh. You ought to thank him this morning for your health and your strength and your home and your family. We ought to thank him for the automobiles that we drive. We ought to thank him for the paycheck that he gives us week in and week out. We ought to thank Him for the lights uh, that turn on with the flip of a switch uh, and for good clean water uh, that runs through the sink. Uh, We ought to thank Him for the food that's in our cabinet uh, and that He puts on our table. Uh, We ought to thank Him for a warm place to lay down, uh, a good bed to sleep in, uh, a good pillow for our head. Uh, We ought to thank Him. Uh, I'm telling you, God has been good to us. Uh, He has blessed us beyond what any of us deserve. Uh, And in prayer, uh, we ought to give thanksgiving to His name. Amen. Amen. We ought to thank him for a church family, for friends in the ministry. And then we should go far deeper than those things. We ought to thank him this morning. For the sweet Holy Spirit to lead us And guide us through this walk of life We ought to thank him this morning For the peace that passeth all understanding We ought to thank him For the measure of faith That he gives to every man We ought to thank him this morning For the love of God That is shed abroad in our heart That is given to us by the Holy Ghost We ought to thank him for the blood That's on the mercy seat That washed our sins away And gives us access to the throne of grace We ought to thank Thank him for the grace of God uh, that brings salvation to every man, and the grace of God that helps us uh, to walk through this walk of life. That uh, we ought to thank him this morning uh, for the joy that he gives, uh, that help us to live uh, and to enjoy the life uh, that we have in Him. We ought to thank him for eternal life. We ought to thank him for abundant life. We ought to thank him for spiritual life. We ought to thank him for our physical life. I'm telling you, we ought to thank him for who he is. Uh, That he is God And besides him There is none other We ought to thank him For his name That it is above every name And we ought to thank him for his power We ought to thank him for his goodness There is so much to praise God for In prayer He's worthy this morning isn't he You know you can start out praying And not feel too good the devil will fight you more in prayer than anywhere else. But if you'll just keep on praying, you know what prayer will do? It'll work from the inside out, friend. It'll change you, it'll change your day It'll change your family, it'll change your situation It'll change your circumstance It'll change your perspective It'll change your outlook uh, It'll change your spirituality I'm talking about prayer this morning Gives us a good view of ourself uh, But it gives us a better view of who he is this morning uh, I'm talking about just the giving of thanks uh, When's the last time uh, you got on your knees And said Lord I'm not asking for nothing I don't want nothing right now I'm not coming to you Petition petitioning anything, I just come to you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, to just say thank you uh, for how good you've been to me. If you never did another thing, uh, if you never gave me another blessing, uh, if you never passed by my way again, uh, I just want to thank you. Uh, I just want to praise you uh, uh, for who you are uh, and how good you've been in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. It'll change you, won't it? The types of prayer. Then notice the topic of prayer this morning. Notice he said that I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks. Notice this, be made for all men. I notice when he talks about the topics of prayer he speaks about people in general. That is to be made for all men. I'm glad this morning that we can pray for all men. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what they've done or where they've been, red, yellow, black, or white, we can pray for all men. Hey, that's why I'm not a Calvinist. Amen. This chapter alone uh, defeats Calvinism. Verse 2 said to pray for all men. Why would I pray for all men if all men couldn't be saved? Amen. And verse 4 tells you they can be saved. Who will have all men to be saved? I don't think Calvinists like this verse uh, or this passage too much uh, because there's too much all in it. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, we can pray for all men. And for all men can be saved this morning uh, I'm glad hallelujah uh, when he talk about the topic of prayer that uh, no one is beyond the realm of prayer and uh, no one is too far gone that what prayer can't reach them and uh, no one is too far in sin that what prayer can't pick them up uh, and bring them out of the pit of sin uh, I'm saying this morning we are to pray for men in general can't pray for the wrong person see a man walking down the street you look at his life, maybe he's got drugs and maybe sin has scarred his body. Maybe it's a woman of the night. You know that her life has been shackled by perversion and sin. They can still be prayed for. You don't have to know their name. You don't have to know their location, their address. You don't have to know their status. You don't have to know anything about their life. But you can say, Dear God, would you help that person? All men. Lord, would you reach that lady? You'll pass on and I'll pass on. We'll go somewhere else. And in life, we may never see them again. But that little prayer prayed for that individual. May be the prayer that changes their entire life. All men this morning. The topic of prayer is that, my friend, is that we're to pray for people in general and then we're to pray for people in government. Look what he said for kings and for all that are in authority. Our nation needs prayer this morning. You know that. Our nation is in real trouble. And we are to pray for all people. But we're to pray for politicians. We're to pray for officials. We're local and abroad. We're to pray for those that are in government. I know that our government is on the slippery slope of sin. And that politicians are living for the most part. Not all. But many are living a wicked life. Uh, and they have a wicked agenda. But we are to still pray for our country. We're to still pray for our nation. Amen. I think we ought to preach against their sin. I think we ought to call their sin out. Uh, we ought to burn their High up, amen, as men of God and we ought to cry aloud and spare not. and that means even for Washington, amen but we cannot forget to pray we must bathe those sermons in prayer we must bathe those men in prayer God could still save a politician amen, God could still save a president, God could still save a governor, a senator God could still reach them and some of them are saved but some of them are lost and some of them are demon possessed, amen and some of them need to just be born and Uh, And they need our prayers Amen I don't think there's nothing wrong with complaining about the government Especially when you get your taxes Amen But I think more than complaining We ought to pray In fact I don't think we have a right to complain If we don't pray and we don't vote So, Brother Gravely, you don't even know if it's real. No, I don't know if it's real, but I reckon I'll cast my ballot because of the blood that was shed so that I could have the liberty. What they do with it is between them and God, but I think we ought to pray. I think we ought to vote. Amen. I don't believe in being a martyr because it's not time to be a martyr. If the time comes to be a martyr, then let's be a martyr. But until until the time comes to be a martyr, let's be a patriot. Amen? And not just a patriot. Let's be a prayer warrior. Amen? Let's be a prayer warrior first and then let's be a patriot. Let's take a stand. But let's stand first. Let's kneel first, should I say, in prayer for our nation. Let's pray for our government. Let's pray for the sins of America. Let's pray because she's legalized gambling and abortion and she's She's made, listen, she's legalized perversion uh, and adultery and fornication. uh, It's at an all-time high. And we need to pray for our nation. uh, And we need to pray for those who are in authority. We need to pray for their souls and their salvation. Uh, uh, God doesn't want to see anybody go to hell. Nobody. No matter how wicked they are, we must remember one thing. Jesus died on the cross for them too. And he loves them and he wants to save them. We ought to pray for them. and My friend, we see the topic in prayer, but I want you to notice in verse number 3, the target in prayer. He said that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Why should we pray for those in government, Brother Gravely, when they're so wicked? Why should we ought to pray God would judge every one of them. We ought to pray that God's will would be done. Whether it be pardon or judgment, that would be God's decision this morning. But why should we pray? What's the target in prayer? Why are we praying for all men and for those, uh, for kings and those that are in authority? I would say this morning there would be a human dimension in that and that is that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Hey, can I tell you this morning I want to live a quiet and peaceful life, don't you? Uh, I don't want to go to war. Uh, I don't want to be at war in this country. I don't want things to be turned upside down and I know you don't either. And the way that we can prevent that is on our knees in prayer uh, and we should pray for this country uh, if it comes to go to war then I say we'll have no other choice uh, uh, but we ought to pray first uh, uh, for God could turn the tide of the, in this nation once again uh, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face uh, and turn from their wicked ways uh, God said then will I hear from heaven uh, and I'll forgive their sins uh, and I'll heal their land hallelujah You know, I still believe America can have revival. I just can't swallow the pill uh, that preachers say, and I'm not beaten up, and I'm not, but people say, well, we're just too far gone in this country. Tell that to Nineveh. I'm not going to take the hope away from the next generation by telling them that well we're just in the last days and this is how it's going to be and it's going to get worse. Well I know we're in the last days. I know things are going to get worse but I've read the book of Acts and it's contrary to what we say. They were in a time of persecution but in that time of persecution God was sending great revival and the word of God grew and multiplied and the church flourished. Amen. I'm not going to take away the fact that hey no matter what's happening in this world if we'll call out to God God gave a promise. Uh, he could still heal this land but the promise it's not with Washington. The problem this morning is in most of our churches. And uh, listen, if our pulpits would get on fire and our pews would get hungry as a whole this morning, uh, God said, I'll still send revival. And there could be a tidal wave of old time religion sweep across this country once again if we just pray. Amen. Say, really believe that preacher? If I didn't, I'd quit preaching right now. Right now. I'm telling you this morning, there is a human dimension in our target of prayer, that we might live a quiet and peaceful life. God's people is a people people of peace, not war. And then there is a higher dimension. What is that? Look at verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. You know why we should pray? Because it's good and it's acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Think about that phrase this morning. God said for me to pray is good. And God said for me to pray is acceptable. You know what the devil always will tell you in prayer? There's no use in it. I know how you've lived. You've made too many mistakes. You're going to talk to God today. Do you not remember yesterday? He'll start bringing up things of the past, your failures. He'll do it the whole time you're talking to God, won't he? You know why he does that? Because he's the accuser. But God's the acceptor. God said, God already knew all those things about us. But God said, I, I know you're sorry and low down and not worthy of anything. If we, if that was the case, they, there wouldn't be no point in it. But God said, I've made a way. Amen. God said, I've got a throne and that throne is the throne of mercy. It's the throne of grace. And and the blood of Jesus is there. And I've made access. And you're not coming on your goodness. You're coming on His goodness this morning. You're not coming on your worth. You're coming on His worth this morning. How, preacher, could I ever pray? I'll tell you how. Because you're a child of God. You've been born again. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've been given access. You've been given the privilege And I know the devil hates you That's why he wants to bring up every sorry thing you've ever done But the truth of the text is Thank God there's a higher dimension It's acceptable and it's good In the sight of God Hallelujah I'm glad this morning That we can pray And I notice not only that But I want you to notice finally this morning The trusting in prayer how can I trust the one thing that will never fail? Because I know I can trust it on God's end, but what about me this morning? The hindrance to most of our prayer life we know is not God. It's us. It's who we are, not who He is. You know, I'm glad He took care of that. And God tells us in these next three verses, you can trust You say how is that even possible Brother Gravely Look at verse number 4 Because we have salvation Who will have all men to be saved And come to the knowledge of the truth Who will have all men To be saved You know how a man gets saved A woman gets saved By praying Asking God To forgive them of their sins Is that right this morning and when you think about it, the best prayer that you've ever prayed was in your worst condition. The greatest thing that you ever asked God for was not when you was within, but when you was without. You think about salvation this morning that's if we could put it on a scale this morning of prayer that would be the biggest prayer you could ever pray that would be the greatest thing you could ever ask for that would be the largest miracle you'll ever ask God for in your life uh, the miracle of salvation if there's anything that I've never been worthy of it's worth it's worthy of salvation if there's never been any, if there's ever been anything I would not deserve I do not deserve to be saved if there's ever any one request that God should have ever denied me he should have di- denied me a place in heaven and- Should have gave me a place in hell But yet God said because of my son You can be saved Amen I'm here to tell you this morning If God will hear the prayer of a sinner And he will He'll hear any other prayer That you'll ever pray in this walk of life For your best prayer Was prayed in your worst condition And in your worst place Why? Because it's not about us It's all about him this morning And I see we have salvation. That's why we can trust prayer. We can trust prayer because we have the Savior. Look at verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. You know how my prayers get from my lips to God's throne? Through Jesus Christ. I don't pray pretty prayers. And I think the prayers that where we are conscious of people and we articulate our words a little more, I'm not saying they're not sincere, but they may not be the prayers that get there the quickest. They may, when we get along with God and we just get real and we just pour ourselves out, I'm not saying you're not real when you pray in church, but what I am saying is that there's always a consciousness when we pray collectively or in a group that there are people around us. Uh, But when you get along with God, and when I get along with God, that's when we tell him things that we don't want nobody to hear. That's when we tell him things that we don't want nobody to know, amen. That's when we talk about things that we don't want nobody else to see in our life. Uh, I want to tell you, no matter how that prayer is, sometimes that prayer is just jumbled up. Sometimes it looks like a big old mess uh, from down here. But what God does is he takes that mess of a prayer, and we have one mediator, and he goes before the throne, and he said, now, Father, here's what he said, but here's what he means, Uh, amen. This is what he's asked for. This is what he wants, but here's what he needs, I'm glad he can take our prayer And he can straighten it out before the throne Amen And God doesn't hear my prayers based on me But he does hear my prayers Based on the mediator We have a savior this morning He ever prayed And felt like you just Couldn't express What was on your heart And you did it The best way you could But you got up thinking I just couldn't get it through Well, maybe you couldn't, but he did. Maybe you couldn't, but he can. George Mueller said the first 20 minutes, that great man of prayer. He said the first 20 minutes of my prayer, I never really prayed. He said for it took 20 minutes in prayer for me to unravel my mind where I could really say to God what I meant to say. That great man of prayer lived in that same fallen tabernacle that we all live in. But I'm glad that God this morning, we have a Savior. And we have security. He said, who gave himself a ransom for all. There that word is again. To be testified. How can I trust prayer? Because we have a Savior. Because we have security in what he did. Not what we're doing And then because we have the Scriptures, look what Paul said in verse number 7, whereunto I I am ordained a preacher, an apostle. Look what he said, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith And in verity, Paul said, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm not telling you my words. He said, but I speak the truth in Christ and I lie not. I'm glad what I'm preaching to you this morning didn't come out of some comic book somewhere. It didn't come out of some Reader's Digest. Uh, It didn't come out of some Time Life magazine. I'm not telling you what I think about prayer. I'm not telling you what I believe about prayer. I'm just telling you what the book says about prayer this morning. And our prayers uh, are not based on our feelings. Uh, Our prayers are not based on our failures. Uh, Our prayers are not based on our accomplishments this morning but prayer thank God it is based on the word of God how can I trust prayer because I can trust the Bible I can trust what the book says and God said if you'll pray if you'll ask you'll receive God said if you'll seek you'll find he said if you'll knock it shall be open I say child of God keep on asking I say keep on seeking I say keep on knocking for God will not my friend break his word he'll keep his word this morning Morning. Pray In 2024 You all to write down everything you pray about And then when God answers it You ought to highlight it And highlight it And highlight it And highlight it And when the devil comes calling And you're praying about something And he says God ain't going to answer that Don't even answer him Just take your prayer book And turn it around And say devil Read the highlights. Amen. When your flesh says that ain't going to happen, go back and read the highlights. I'm telling you, the more you ask, the more He does. God will answer a prayer every day for you and I if you'll pray. You say, what do you mean? Well, if you ask Him for good health and you live a day in good health, He answered that prayer. If you ask God to keep you safe, I pray that every day for my grandchildren. I pray for all my family, especially my grandkids. And you get around them, I mean, they can about, you know, take their head off on the corner of a wall, you know. I think the first seven years of their life, that you're just trying to keep them alive, amen. You never know when one of them is going to take something and stick it in a light socket, you know, just for the fun of it. Or, or you know, all kinds say, Lord, keep them kids safe. Watch over them. And every day that they're kept safe, you know who did that? The Lord did that. It's answered prayer. What are you asking God to do today? When you pray, Lord, keep my children safe. Lord, thank you for that help. Lord, keep my wife healthy. Keep my husband healthy. And every day that they live, that's an answer to prayer. God is a prayer answering God. And we have the scriptures this morning. Look at our last verse and I'll be done. He said, I will therefore that men pray. Everywhere. Lifting up, notice this, holy hands without wrath and doubting. You know the hands is a picture of our works, our deeds, the things that we do. And God said in prayer, when you come to me in prayer, lift up holy hands. Ask God to forgive you for the things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. Ask Him to forgive you for the things that you didn't do that you should have done. Cleanse ourselves. You know, we have a responsibility. Let us, therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us, therefore, cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. How do you do that? You cleanse it through the Word of God. You read it. And then you cleanse yourself by coming to God in prayer. And every day we have to say, Lord, will you forgive me of this sin, this sin, this sin. Name every sin you can think of. And you can be clean this morning. You know, we've just come out of revival. And God's done a great work. And I praise Him for that. But I don't want to go back after revival. I don't want to go back to where I was the week before. Do you? I want God to do something in my life. And the way you keep that from happening is, is you just confess your sins. What a great verse, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, this morning there's only one thing you and I can do in that verse, and that's confess our sins. That's the first part of that verse. So God puts the ball in our court, and God said, I'll be faithful, don't worry about me, and I'll be just, and I'll forgive you, and I'll cleanse you. The if is not on God's part. Will he forgive? Will he cleanse? There's no if in that part. The if is on my part. Will I confess my sins to God? I thought about it this morning. It's almost like being handcuffed with a key in the cuffs. You might be here this morning and bitterness may be ruling your life. Jealousy. Envy worldliness, there may be something that's just been brewing and it's just got you cuffed, it's got you shackled, but the key's right there in it, and it's prayer. So what do you mean, preacher? I mean that you realize that you may be have been bitter for two years, but you're only one prayer away from getting rid of that bitterness. you got to ask God to forgive you. Of you may be here this morning and you may have had something brewing in your heart, but it's there cuz you let it be there. And God will take it away. You're shackled with the key in the shackles. All you got to do is ask. I wonder how many things people could be set free from today if they just ask. You know we say that to sinners but we forget about it in saints. You take a man walking in this building this morning, he's lost or a woman they hear the gospel. Every one of us believes they could be saved if they just come to this altar and ask. Isn't that right? Well, the same thing that's true about salvation is true about everything else in my life. You can get rid of anything. If he can get rid of his sin and be saved, you can get rid of it and I can get rid of anything in my life that's shackling me if I will just come and ask. The same thing that keeps me from asking is the same thing that keeps him from being saved. You know what it is? It's pride. This morning, as we stand, our heads are about, eyes are closed. What never fails, what never fails is prayer. This morning, while our heads are about, eyes are closed.